Welcome back to The Word Encounter, episode 115. Wow, 115 episodes. Uh, we concluded in chapter 27 of Proverbs yesterday, so let's pick it up in chapter 28. Let's drop down to verse 4. It says, Those who reject the law praise the wicked, but those who keep the law pit themselves against them. <clears throat> it's pretty self-explanatory. Verse 6, Better the poor person who lives with integrity than the rich one who distorts right and wrong. See, it depends on what you value here. You know, do you value integrity or will you sell out your integrity for riches? This is better the poor person who lives with integrity than the rich who distorts right and wrong. Verse 8, whoever increases his wealth through excessive interest collects it for one who is kind to the poor. So this is an indication that um, the wealthy are going to store up riches for the righteous because, you know, nothing is, is eternal except for God. And so everything else is temporal. So it's whoever increases his wealth through excessive interest. You know, in other words, anybody who um, is burdening those who they're lending to, being unfair in their practices, loan sharks, that sort of thing. It's a collects it for the one who is, who's going to give to the poor. And so he's going to collect it for the one who is going to be generous, one who is going to be uh, not selfish. Verse 9, anyone who turns his ear away from hearing the law, even his prayer is detestable. So this indicates you're better off not praying if you are unrighteous, if you have uh, turned your back on the, on the ways of the Lord, you're better off not praying than to pray under those circumstances because the Lord will find you detestable. Verse 13, the one who conceals his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them will find mercy. Our initial inc inclination when, when we do wrong things is to try to hide it so that nobody else knows. But God knows everything. He sees what's going on. And he says, you're, will, you, you're not going to prosper. You, know, you may think nobody knows, but I know. And you're not going to prosper. But if you're one who does wrong, because we all sin, we all fall short of the glory of God. We all sin. But if you recognize that, and instead of trying to hide things and run away from God, you turn to God and confess your sins, it says you'll find mercy. Verse 18, the one who lives with integrity will be helped, but one, uh, but one who distorts right and wrong will suddenly fall. Integrity is so, is so critical for everybody, from the top to the bottom, uh, Integrity is something that you can't buy. Integrity is a decision. You can decide to be a person of integrity or not. You can decide to stick to your convictions even if there are 100 people in the room and you're the only one. See, integrity does not bow to surrounding circumstances. Integrity is founded in conviction. You know, and conviction does not waver. If you have a, a, a conviction on something, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or what anybody else does. If you are convicted about it, then then it's something that is um, that resides in your core. And out of that conviction comes integrity. Verse 19, the one who works his land will have plenty of food, but whoever chases fantasies Fantasies will have his fill of poverty. 
So, you know, we all know people that are always looking for the next scheme or how they're going to, you know, make the next dollar or this, that, and the other. And so, this is the one who works his land. Now, back, this is back in the days of agriculture, but anyway, the one who works his territory, be it a, a job in the office, you know, be it uh, whether you work in the grocery store, at the gas station, be, uh, be a CEO of a company, it doesn't matter. If you work your territory, you will have plenty of food. If you work it with honesty and integrity and give it all you got, give it what that employer deserves. Your employer deserves your best because that's what you signed up for. We have a lot of people looking uh, for ways to skate around the system, ways to, 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 to not do things and still get paid. See, that's not, that's not worshiping the Lord. That's not honoring the Lord. See, honoring the Lord is to give your employer everything that you have. And if you're not satisfied with that situation, you still give them everything that you have as you look for your next encounter. Verse 22, a greedy one is in a hurry for wealth. He doesn't know that that poverty will come on him. It's similar to the last verse. But this doesn't say or this doesn't indicate that this person is is lazy in any any means, by any means. It, 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 It indicates that they're just greedy. And that that greed is manifested in the the desire for for rapid wealth. You know, I want something. I want it yesterday. You know, and so you're trying to shortcut the system, trying to do things, trying to uh, climb over people, trying to do whatever it is in order to gain wealth. And it says he doesn't know that poverty will come on him. You know, when you when you do things like that, then you're going to leave a trail of of dishonest behavior. People aren't going to trust you. And what. Folks will find out in life is that you need the assistance of other people to succeed in just about anything But if you're not a trustworthy person, nobody's gonna help you He doesn't know that poverty will come will come to him Verse 26 the one who trusts in himself is a fool But one who walks in wisdom will be safe This is akin to being wise in your own eyes. The one who trusts in himself is a fool. You know, because people who tend to trust in in themselves and only themselves, uh, they do that because they think they know more than everybody else. They think they're smarter than everybody else. They think they're wiser than everybody else. The one who trusts in himself is a fool. That, uh, those are the markings of a foolish person. Verse 27, the one who gives to the poor will, uh, will not be in need, but one who turns his eyes away will receive many curses. If you're generous to the poor, it says you will not be in, in need. Now, this doesn't make any sense, right? Because if you give stuff away, you'll get more stuff. But if you hoard stuff, then you won't get anything. It seems that, that if you give stuff away, that would deplete what you have. But that's not the law of God. The law of God is reveal what's in your heart. And if you give stuff away, if you're generous to other people, then you will be trusted with more stuff so that you can be generous with more people. But if you hoard things and keep it close to the vest, I'm not giving you anything. But the one who turns his eyes away from the poor will receive many curses. Let's go into chapter 29. Verse 1, the one who becomes stiff-necked or stubborn after many reprimands, will be shattered instantly beyond recovery. If you've been warned and you've been reprimanded time and time again, you know, about something that you're doing, 
but you keep doing it. You won't change. You become stubborn. You still do it anyway. It says you will be shattered instantly beyond recovery. You'll be like Humpty Dumpty. And so you'll fall down and you won't be able to uh, get put back together again. You know, and I don't, I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound very appealing to me. Verse three, the one who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but one who consorts with prostitutes destroys his wealth. Now we can take uh, cons uh, uh, consorts with prostitutes literally, and I believe that's what it means, but it also means foolish behavior, irresponsible behavior. You know, the man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but the one who consorts with prostitutes is unwise in financial matters, is irresponsible, destroys his father's wealth. And so you destroyed everything the old man created. Verse 7, the righteous person knows the rights of the poor, but the wicked one does not understand these concerns. If you're a righteous person, you can see, you know, poverty, you can see the, the effects uh, that the economy is having on the poor, and it makes your heart bleed, and you want to do something about it, and, 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 and it motivates you to do things about it to help them. But the wicked does not understand these concerns. The wicked doesn't see it, and even if he saw it, he doesn't understand. He's not concerned about it. The wicked is just selfish. I'm out for me. Forget everybody else. It doesn't matter what the surrounding circumstances are. I'm only concerned about me. Verse 11, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise person holds it in check. A fool gives full vent to his anger. A fool is uncontrollable. A fool is unconstrained. A fool does whatever his emotions tell, uh, tells him to do, <clears throat> be they destructive or not. And so a fool is just out of control. But a wise person holds it in check. A wise person, that doesn't mean a wise person doesn't get angry. It doesn't mean a wise person doesn't hate. It doesn't mean a wise person doesn't want to do things, strang strangle somebody or whatever. It means the wise person keeps that stuff in check. Because the wise person is in control over his emotions, over his actions, and is not uncontrolled such that they just give in to whatever they feel like doing. Verse 13. The poor and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. If you're a wealthy person, that doesn't mean that you are a de facto sinner. If you're a poor person, that doesn't mean that you're automatically righteous. Every individual, regardless of their economic situation, has a decision to make. The decision that they make is on them. They can choose to be a righteous person or they can choose to be a fool. It doesn't matter what your economic status is. Verse 15, a rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a youth left to himself is a disgrace to his mother. I see a lot of times, particularly in public, where a child, you know, five years old or younger, maybe with his mother and uh, in the grocery store and parking lot or whatever, the kid is going wild just absolutely going wild. The mother is letting him going wild, not doing anything to, con uh, to con uh, constrain or control him. He's just going wild. That child is growing up without a sense of authority or responsibility to those around them. If not put in check by somebody, 
that child is going to grow uh, into a condition of being uncontrollable and potentially headed towards jail, penitentiary, whatever. Because the parents won't control the wildness of their children, the authorities will when they become of age. Verse 20, do you see someone who speaks too soon? There is more hope for a fool than for him. So again, this is a case where you need to keep your mouth shut. We talk too much. We need to listen more. Do you see someone who speaks too soon? See, we cut people off. We don't listen. We think we know what they're about to say, so we cut them off and keep talking. There's more hope for a fool than for that person. Because that's an indication of what that person is like. That's an indication of the inner beliefs of that person. That's an indication that they think that what they think is more important than anybody else, that they're smarter than everybody. There's no humility in them. That's why they keep cutting people off. That's why they speak too soon. Chapter 30, verse 2. Um, well, verse 1. The words of uh, Augur, or Agur, as you say, son of Jacob, the pronouncement. So these are uh, chapter 30 and chapter 31 are not from Solomon. So we don't know who Agur is. We have no clue. The Bible doesn't give any, indi uh, any indication of who he is. Verse 2. I am more stupid than any other person, and I lack a human's ability to understand. I have not gained wisdom. I have no knowledge of the Holy One. So what is this person doing? This person is being honest. This person is, is demonstrating humility. This person is saying, look, <laughs> I'm more stupid than any, anybody else. You know, I don't have a human's understanding, and I lack the knowledge of the Holy One. And so, I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm low level is what this person is, is saying. And I don't think that they're saying this insincerely. I think Agur is, is saying this very sincerely. Verse 5, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Verse 6, don't add to his words or he will rebuke you and you will be approved a liar. See, a lot of people want to quote the Bible out of context or they want to say things that sound biblical but they can be found nowhere in the Bible. You see, so it said, don't add to what's in here. What's in here is in here. You know, don't add what you think is more knowledge and wisdom. What's in here is in here. And you run the risk of being proved a liar. Verse 7, two things I ask of you. Don't deny them to me before I die. Keep falsehood and deceitful words far from me. Give me neither poverty nor wealth. Feed me with the food I need, otherwise I might have too much and deny you, saying, who is the Lord? In other words, he's saying, if I get more than I need, then I might start uh, feeling full of myself. I might start demonstrated conceited behavior and saying, like, who is the Lord? <laughs> you know, look, look at all that I have. Look at all that I've accomplished. Who are you, Lord? Or I might have nothing and still profaning the name of my God. Or if, if I don't get enough then I might start stealing and then profaning the name of the Lord God. And so that's why Agur is saying, don't give me too much, but don't give me too little. In verse 15, the leech has two daughters. Give, give. <laughs> I don't know if you know anybody. Um, <laughs> I've known a few people in my life that whenever they were around, 
They never had anything to contribute, but they always wanted to take from the group, give, give. You know, they never brought anything to the party, but they always were there to receive things. Verse 18, three things are too wondrous for me, four I can't understand. Uh, we're not going to go over that one. That gets into, that gets into um, well, let's go over it, okay? Three things are too wondrous for me, four I can't understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a snake on a rock, the way of a ship at sea, and the way of a man with a young woman. And so what does this mean? This means that, you know, the way of an eagle in the sky. When the eagle's flying through the sky, there's no trace of them. The way of a snake on a rock. When a snake's been moving on the rock, after he's been moving, you don't find out he's there. The way of a man with a young woman. In other words, when they're doing things in secret, you know, that man should know and that woman should know that the things that they do in secret are not secret from God. And so... Uh, what Agur is saying is, I don't understand why they do this. I don't understand why they're doing things that they think is secret and nobody's going to find out, but the Lord God knows. Verse 24. Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Ants are not a strong people, yet they store up their food in the summer. Hyraxes um, are not uh, a mighty people, yet they make their homes uh, in the cliffs. And so hyraxes are badgers, like rock badgers, and they make their homes in, in the side of a cliff. Uh, 27. Locusts have no king, yet all of them march in ranks. A lizard can be caught in your hands, yet it lives in the king's palaces. In other words, the lizards, you can catch them with your hand, but they get, they, they get inside the palace and they live in the palace. And so we see here that um, these things are small, Yet they demonstrate extreme wisdom. In other words, these, these things are not requiring of anyone's power. They, they're requiring wisdom. See, we, we put a lot of um, emphasis on and a lot of credence on, like, personal strength. You know, how strong are you? How powerful are you? you know, and these have nothing to do with wisdom. See, wisdom will always defeat power and strength. And so that's what's being highlighted here. And in the last chapter of Proverbs, um, which is chapter 31, these are the words of King Lemuel and um, that his mother taught him. And so it says, uh, verse 4, It is not for kings, Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to desire beer. Otherwise he will drink, forget what is decreed, and pervert justice for all the oppressed. In other words, he's saying it's not, it's not for a king to not be in his right mind when he has the responsibility of watching over others. Verse 6, give beer to the one who is dying and wine to the one whose life is bitter. Let him drink so that he can forget his poverty and remember his trouble no more. Verse 8, Speak up for those who have no voice, for the justice of all who are uh, dispossessed. Speak up, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and needy. So his mother is teaching him how he is to be a responsible ruler. It's not for him just to sit back, collect taxes, increase his personal wealth, and that sort of thing. No, his job is to be king. His job is to watch out for those who can't watch out for themselves. His job is to protect those who are oppressed. Verse 10, 
who can find a wife of noble character? Before I get into this, in this last part of chapter 31, this is all really a, um, a definition and an acknowledgement of the precious gift that a noble wife is. There's nothing, in my opinion, more valuable on this earth than a noble wife. Verse 10, who can find a wife of noble character? She is far more precious than jewels. Her heart, the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will not lack anything good. If you have a good wife, the husband will not lack anything good. He doesn't say he does not like any of his desires. He says will not lack anything good, because some, sometimes what's good for you, you don't even recognize. Verse 12, she rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with uh, willing hands. She evaluates a field and buys it. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. In other words, she's an astute business person. She draws on her strength and reveals that her arms are strong. She sees that her profits are good and her lamp never goes out at night. Again, a good uh, business person making sure her household is taken care of. Verse 20, her hands reach out to the poor and she extends her hands to the needy. She is not afraid uh, for her household when it snows, for all in her household are doubly clothed. So she's responsible to her children and her husband, making sure that in all seasons that they're taken care of. Verse 26, her mouth speaks wisdom and loving instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Many women have done noble deeds, but you, my dear, you surpass them all. Verse 30, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Amen, amen, and amen. And with that, we have concluded the book of Proverbs, and tomorrow we will pick it up in the book of Ecclesiastes. And that's going to be very interesting because Ecclesiastes sometimes confounds and confuses me, but we'll get into that tomorrow. And with that, everybody take care. Have a wonderful day, and tune in tomorrow uh, for the next episode of The Word Encounter. Bye-bye.